Welcome to We Belong Here, Lessons from Unconventional Paths to Tech. I'm Lauren Lee, and I'm all about building communities, celebrating unique journeys, and sharing stories about the paths people have taken to enter the tech industry. Join me as we explore the skills my guests have learned in their prior jobs, schooling, or life experiences, and how they apply them to their current roles in tech. All right, let's do this and dive in. My guest today is both a digital artist and product manager who got into design through hackathons, of which she has attended over 60 so far. She's the creator of So Splush, a kawaii-themed tech brand that sells stickers and other swag. She believes that tech is for everyone and that it can be cute and pink. She's currently accepting commissions and is available for design consulting work. Her name is Kelly Mahoney. Kelly, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me so much. Really appreciate it. I'm so excited to be chatting with you today. Yeah. (laughs) Shall we start at the beginning, I guess? Sure. Okay, so can you tell me more about the experiences that you had before you entered the tech industry? Sure. Uh, So I was actually pre-med most of my academic career. Um, From from when I was a child, I wanted to uh, become a OBGYN. I wanted to deliver babies. You know, I watched too much TLC as a kid. Um, and, and just, uh, yeah, so most of my, um, uh, studies and most of my experience has been in the medical field. I was actually in nursing school for a short period of time, um, which, (laughs) and that is actually the experience which led me into tech. So I can just go ahead and get right into that if you'd like. Sure. Absolutely. I I saw that you have a, your degree is in religious studies. Yes. Or was that a different Kelly on LinkedIn? Oh, okay. <laughs> so I actually, yeah, so I actually got my associate's degree in nursing, uh, which see. then, okay. yeah, I, I just don't really put that on my resume because, you know, there's only so much space. <laughs> sure. And you know what? Like, that's the lesson, everyone. There's only so much that online stalking can get you. <laughs> That sounded so creepy. I didn't even know. No, it's all good. I do my fair bit. It's okay. (laughs) Okay. So you did your associates in in nursing and then that you said that that led you to tech. Tell me more. Sure. Uh, So I was actually in nursing school. Um, I I, I loved, you know, the academic portion. um, But, you know, once I got into the clinicals, it's just, I I just realized that it wasn't the best fit. So during that time, my friends were who who were getting their computer science degree at the University of Florida were like, hey, there's this hackathon. It's in Miami. It's around UF spring break. You know, we're going to go. And I'm like, so I'm going too. And they're like, no, 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 Kelly. Like, you can't. Like, this is for computer science students. And I was like, oh, I'm coming. <laughs> I was like, I'm coming. Keepers, get out of here. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Uh, so I was like, you know what, I'll drive. And, and, and for any perspective, I think it's like a six or seven hour drive to Miami from Gainesville. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it was definitely, it was definitely a road trip. I was like, you know what, I'll drive. Everyone can pile into my car. You know, it'll be great. It'll be fantastic. Aww. And so I show up and I was able to actually work the check-in booth at the event. I got like a volunteer shirt. I, you know, because I, I didn't really know what it was. I'd never heard of a hackathon before. Sure. Um, and I went and, and, and I just fell in love with it. And 
like instantly. Um, and I kind of got addicted to going to them. Um, yeah. I started just tagging along like every weekend. I almost, um, and, and, and in that period of time, you know, I decided to leave nursing school and switch to go to UF, uh, partly so I could participate as a UF student. Uh, and second of all, um, I've done quite a bit of traveling in my past experience. And so I really love just the psychology aspects of the religious studies degree that UF offered. Oh, okay. So it, it was, yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like, well, why'd you pick that one? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That's cool. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it, it ended up working out because, you know, a large reason why I think design clicked so easily for me is in that degree, you know, you really learn about why people do the things they do, why people believe the things they believe, you know, like mm -hmm. what causes people to, you know, act the way they do, choose the things that they do. And so that, you know, blended perfectly in design when, you know, you're building out these personas and you're trying to, you know, build this really just inclusive, you know, product line. So that's kind of sure. how the two blended perfectly. And then, you know, as I said, I just went to event after event. Um, I ended up, uh, so GitHub actually through this get uh, Octocat drawing contest, and I mm. entered it at my first um, official hackathon as an attendee, and I won. And it was kind of addicting after that point. Uh, and so, you know, I, I really got good use out of my little bamboo tablet, uh, really just learning how <laughs> <laughs> digital art works. Um, and so, yeah, the rest is just basically history at that point. That's so cool. Well, it's yeah. so neat. And so what about it? What about a hackathon hooked you so much? Because I think for some folks, they can feel they can seem really intimidating. And it sounds like you just jumped in and have loved it ever since. So what would be some like encouragement or, or for those who haven't attended one yet? You know, what would you say to that person? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, hackathons, if, if you don't already know, are about like 24 to 36 hour events where you basically show up at a school or, you know, it can be anything, but the, the ones I went to were geared towards university students. And you basically just, you sit around, you build a, a prototype of an idea that you come up with. Mm -hmm. Um, and you just, it's a bunch of fun. You get to learn a bunch. Um, and that's kind of one of the things that was so addicting for me is especially the Florida hackathon community it was just so inclusive. And so, you know, just, yeah, it was just, it, it was, it, it was amazing. Um, and, and honestly, I, I attribute a lot of that to um, just the community that mm. Florida has, you know, not to say that doesn't exist elsewhere, but, you know, in my personal experience, just the people are just amazing. You know, yeah. the whole, the whole premise of them is, you know, learning, building, sharing, and that's honestly what hackathons capture. Yeah, that's great. No, that sounds like it was a really safe space for you to discover new interests. And I love that you found a community there, it sounds like. And I think that's really neat. And were you then always the person that was doing the designs for the projects that you were on? Or why design? What about digital art draws you in? Yeah, definitely. So I was the, the main front end person on on the teams. Um, okay. You know, there, there was a lack of front-end developers in the group, and I just, for some reason, just latched onto it. Um, mm. I actually submitted my first hackathon project, and during my demo, I was just like, so I haven't touched HTML and CSS since MySpace. Uh, <laughs> so this, and I ended up winning, like, best first-time hacker, which is pretty cool. Oh, um, cool. I, <laughs> So, so my first hack was actually a web page that just had three buttons on it, and uh, it was all centered around picking what you wanted to eat when you couldn't decide. So mm. what, so what you did is basically the background. There was like a JavaScript that um, rotated through different gifs 
of <laughs> people eating or like 90s food commercials. And essentially what you did was if, if something looked good, you said, you know, let's eat. And it basically directs you to that food category, like on Google Maps. It was so simple, but it was so much fun. And, you know, I, I really yeah. got my hands dirty with, you know, HTML and CSS and JavaScript as it exists today. And it is very different than what I remember the MySpace days. <laughs> oh, my gosh, I love it. Okay, so is that how you decided to learn to code uh, it was attending those hackathons? And then did you kind of teach yourself based on the projects that you were wanting to create? Yeah, so I am a needs-based uh, developer where mm -hmm. if I see a need, I try to teach myself how to build that and solve that problem. I like it. So, yeah, yeah. so a lot of my uh, coding and education was very, you know, on the job in the sense of that, you know, oh, we need to do this. Well, net, let me go Google. Let me go re mm -hmm. read some tutorials. Um, and I just kind of fell in love with um, all of the CSS frameworks that existed at the time. Um, and it was just kind of like uh, a kid in a candy store, honestly. Oh, that's so great. Well, and I think that that's the best motivator for learning too, is like, oh, I have this, well, especially in a hackathon, it's like, I have a really tight window to get something done. And I have a problem, I have to figure out what my solution is going to be and to research all the possible options, and then, you know, pick one and implement it. And then you have that in your tool belt moving forward. But Definitely. I think that that is a, yeah, like hackathon driven development is super fair and a really great way for people to get their hands dirty really quickly, as you said. So I love it. Bring us to today. Tell me about, you know, your work as a product manager and also as a digital artist. Yeah, sure thing. So I am a product manager currently at Citrix, uh, which is located in Fort Lauderdale. I uh, was hired on about a year and a couple months ago. Uh, it, this is my first product job, but you know, I really enjoy it. It's really cool, you know, seeing how the industry is, is, is changing. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I know that product is a hot job right now. So it's kind of yeah. cool to have, you know, got, gone through all the setting and gone through all like the interviews and, and, and to finally, you know, bubble up and, and, and get the job and also, you know, do well at it. <laughs> Definitely. And I'm sure having the coding and technical knowledge proves to be helpful as a product manager. Yeah, it is. Um, I do work on a on a more technical product um, within the company. So mm -hmm. I, I do want to make it clear for any aspiring product managers out there that the level of technical ability that you need is really going to be dependent on the job. One of the best uh, pieces of advice that I've heard is whenever you start a new job, go to the engineering manager and ask them, what do I need to know to be the most effective product manager for you? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um, based, mm -hmm. You know, because you don't need to know exactly how, you know, this goes to that and, you know, what databases they're using and, and any of that. You only need to know as much as you need to, you know, for that job. So mm -hmm. you know, I, mm -hmm. I, I do want to, and especially for me coming from very limited technical experience, you know, to be put on this highly technical product, you know, <laughs> I have learned a lot in the last year. Yeah. No, I think on the job learning in that case is super helpful too, because it helps you be empathetic to the engineers on your team to understand Definitely. the, you know, technical frustrations that they're facing when you're demanding a new feature or something to understand how the sauce is made at least a little bit, I think yeah, it can be really, really helpful for everyone involved. Cool. Tell me more about So Splush, your adorable kawaii-themed tech brand that you have. Is that your side hustle or will that ever be your full-time thing? 
I would love for it to be my full-time thing. <laughs> I really would. Um, no, uh, I'm, I'm actually completely blown away by the response I, I've gotten for that. Um, I've, you know, had a couple of things he, here and there. You know, this definitely isn't my first Etsy uh, store that I've, you know, tried to get off the ground. Really? Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, it takes a bunch of failures to get a winner, right? Okay, for sure. I, I mean, I have to ask what those other Etsy stores were. <laughs> uh, one was like a streetwear brand called Dream Team. Uh, I actually had a podcast for a little bit uh, centered around that same branding. And it was basically, you know, just all about, you know, people in tech. And it was very, you know, like black and white, bit like block print. I, I, oh, sure. I made some shirts that I like hand screened. I No, I think uh, it's just adorable. Everything that you put out is so punny and cute. And I just want all the listeners to, if you haven't already, please go check her shop out. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so that was basically uh, born from the gap that I saw in the market, in the swag market for, you know, developers and people within the tech community, um, you know, because everything was like black and like, you know, using, you know, like aerial font or, you know, just mm. very basic, you know, and I was just like, there is this huge, you know, opportunity to just make cute things that also, you know, related to programming or, yeah. you know, that, that, that developers could relate to, um, because, you know, like the whole stereotype of a, of a, of a hacker in, in a black hoodie, you know, is kind of, yeah. you know, I, I just, I, I really wanted to contribute to, you know, making sure that everyone's included in the conversation and not just, you know, a, a small, you know, portion. Yeah. I love that. I think that that is, you know, it's an incredible mission too, because it's an antiquated stereotype that we have of that dude in the basement in his hoodie, and it isn't reflective of so many of us. And so it feels fun to turn that stereotype on its head. And I love to rock a hot pink lip when I'm live coding on Twitch, for example, yeah. because it's like, yeah, we can code in heels. Heck yeah. And no, we don't necessarily have to, or by any means, like I can be diverse in how I, you know, present myself persona wise. But but I think that, yeah, it's just like a uh, an inclusive metaphor you're creating. So I appreciate it for sure. Yeah. I really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, of course. So, okay, let's see. Can you tell me about what maybe kept you from entering the tech industry before you did? I would say that not necessarily something that kept me from the tech space originally. Um, but I know that right now, another gap that I see is, you know, there's all of these resources and, and tutorials mm -hmm. that are geared towards beginners. But mm -hmm. me, I feel like I am a true, like, I am a very, very beginner. Um, and so I think what's kind of holding me back from really, you know, digging my teeth in, even currently is just, you know, I, I wish that there were resources for true beginners. Mm. You know, like something that like literally like this is where you start. <laughs> yeah, no, sure, sure. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I just feel like a lot of resources just assume that you have this prior knowledge. Um, and mm. I, I, I feel like assumptions like that are dangerous um, and yeah, also contribute to this air of, oh, well, you should already know that. Oh, well, if you don't already know that, then you come, you know, and so... It, oh, it, 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 it kind of reminds me of my days in the medical field because there's so much jargon and there's so much process yeah. and there's so much syntax. 
and Definitely. it's almost like it's it, it 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 was put there to explicitly not allow people to enter enter because there's such a high you know barrier to entry and so i think that what's missing right now is true beginner resources yeah. you know that's not behind a paywall of let's say you know a boot camp or oh, for sure um, yeah i don't know that's a really unfortunate parallel to nursing or to the medical field you know because i'm sure there are really good things that you bring to the table that you have from nursing but it's also incredibly unfortunate that both have these like gatekeepers for example mm-hmm. in it that aren't letting us in and are having these, you know, required knowledge or particular paths. That sucks. (laughs) It does. Obviously not here for it. A boot camp grab myself. I saw on Twitter that you had a pretty viral tweet that went out about you coding in HTML and CSS. And for some reason, that seems like that really ruffled up some feathers. It did. Okay. It really did. I was I was shocked. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I guess that's the concept of vi- virality, virality <laughs> in Twitter that we can't predict what it will be. But holy right. cow, that really like triggered some folks, and it's like it kind of messed, like not kind of messed up. It is messed up. Very messed up. And the ironic thing is that tweet actually follows another tweet that was less viral. That was basically saying like. Why does it matter whether HTML and CSS are programming languages? Like the whole discussion and the whole debate of surrounding it is just, it's, it's just infuriating and, and it's, it's so gatekeeping me. Yeah. I, I, I created this work of, uh, this word of gatekeeping me. Yeah, I guess we would keep saying it. Well, no, I, I mean, let's back up even to give some context for listeners, uh, for those who haven't seen the tweet, but it's essentially people were angered is that the right word like angry i mean people were wanted to fight the notion that html and css were programming languages which like okay who cares i don't know it just is bizarre it was very bizarre i I, the 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 lesson i took from it is that i have perceived that there is this portion of people within the community that have you know worked so hard because it's taken them so long to get to where they are they don't just want to give it away i i i I I don't know if that's a good way to say it well that we can teach ourselves that we can go to a boot camp that we can enter the space and they're afraid of losing that kind of exclusivity it seems exactly Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, boo. <laughs> well, we can talk as much as we want about that because those folks, I promise you, are not listening to this podcast. <laughs> so we're, we're in good company here. Uh, and yes, I mean, the whole mission of this is to promote and encourage the uh, unconventional paths to tech and to celebrate those journeys. So you Definitely. are welcome here. And I love having this conversation with you. Of course. So let's see, has your past in nursing and you're working on your MBA right now? Yes. Is that correct? Okay. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're schooling in, you know, religious studies or nursing or your MBA program right now. Have they helped you in your role in product management or in that like tech space? 110%. The biggest piece of feedback that I get from every interview is starts with, why are you applying to this job? And then it always ends with, wow, we really need more people in tech that aren't Mm. originally from tech. Uh, uh, I feel like there is so much that tech can do for the world. 
And it is going to involve people from all different backgrounds because Mm -hmm. tech, you know, is political. Tech is, you know, life changing. Tech is going to touch every aspect of the world we live in today. And if you don't have the people behind that technology representing either the end users or Mm. pieces that, you know, it, it adjacently touches, the product will not succeed as much as it could have. Um, and so, and so I truly believe I'll, I'll give a good example, right? So the first job I got, I was actually recruited from a hackathon to lead the design team at a healthcare startup in Ohio. Um, and the only reason I got that job, I'm, you know, that I have figured out is because of my medical experience. And so if I didn't have that background, if I didn't have this, you know, if I didn't exist at the intersection of my little, you know, quadruple Venn diagram at this point, (laughs) I wouldn't be able to, you know, have the successes and the opportunities that I've been able to have. And I completely owe that to, you know, just the opportunities I've taken, being uncomfortable in spaces and just, you know, diversifying my background, you know, just as, you know, they, they say to, you know, diversify your portfolio. I think it's also important to diversify yourself. Absolutely. I think that that is incredible advice and explore the unknowns and always, you'll always be able to end up using those skills that you learned from those experiences Mm -hmm. in, in tech. And, and I appreciate you saying that. Of course. Can you share any life lessons that you've learned from your transition to tech? Take risks. And I know that's very generic and everybody says it, but, you know, the reason I got that job in Ohio was because last minute somebody told me that there was an open seat on a bus and I already had my sleeping bag in my car and I got on that bus to Michigan that I didn't realize was 20 hours uh, on a bus in flip flops and shorts. And I left with a, (laughs) with a job that, you know, was leading the design department at a startup. So oh I just God. feel like if that doesn't tell you to take risks, like, I, I, I don't know what does. But it. that's probably, yeah, so that's probably just my biggest life lesson is just show up, take risks. Mm, yeah, I love it. Can you tell me about a time that you have felt like an outsider and then maybe how you've dealt with those feelings? Sure. So to this day, I still feel like an outsider, um, you know, especially because I don't have that truly technical background because I kind of am operating in, the, in, in this adjacent space. Mm-hmm. there's definitely a lot of imposter syndrome there. I definitely tell myself a lot, Kelly, it's just the imposter syndrome. Kelly, they like mm-hmm. you because of you, you know, um, right. you know, your diverse background is what makes you valuable, you know, and mm-hmm. all of this stuff that I, you know, should just take my own advice. Um, but no, I, I, I definitely, you know, still feel like an outsider, but it, it comes in waves and, and, and I would imagine that that happens for everybody. So you, it just kind of talk, talking yourself down, I think, yeah. um, talking yourself out of that mindset is really valuable. You know, if you can identify that, you know, like this is just the chemicals, Kelly, you know, like this is just, you know, like this is just your brain playing tricks on you. Yeah. 
I think that's fair. And it's a mantra that we have to revisit and and say to ourselves often and practice that mm-hmm. giving ourselves the advice that we give to others and, and yes. treating ourselves as though we were a friend. And would we give that, you know, sort of advice or that allow that negative self-talk to happen? And so right. I, yeah, I think that's super fair. Do you see yourself staying in product forever? Or do you want to transition to a role that is in that, as you would say, like under the umbrella of tech more specifically? I personally don't see myself transitioning to a role in which I would get paid to code. I really enjoy the the space in which I currently reside. Um, you know, I love products. I love working with, you know, customers. I love, you know, working with developers. And mm-hmm. I know that's where my strengths are. So in my future endeavors, I really want to continue playing that part because every part in the mm-hmm. product development process is incredibly valuable. You know, Definitely. you you need people who are product managers, you need designers, you need developers, you know, you need SREs, you need yep. uh, people who are, you know, uh, supporting. And so I, I, I think it's really valuable and, and important to communicate that, you know, Definitely. you can be in the tech space and not know how to code. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. When I was in a product role, I loved the, the opportunities to make bridges for my team and to help them communicate and get things done by meeting with marketing or, you know, the design department or whoever it was and helping kind of fulfill that larger picture of something because Mm -hmm. it felt like my engineering team, you know, had their nose to the grindstone or just they were really zoomed in, I guess, in what they were focused on. And so it was a more zoomed out lens that I found to be really, really fascinating. So I certainly can understand that. And it's cool. It's a nice intersection of a lot of different interests. It seems like it allows you to explore. Yeah, you know, through all my studies um, of, of, you know, studying for the product manager interview and just, you know, other materials now that I got the job and I'm still, you know, trying to learn is, you know, there is no one path to product management. Definitely. There, you can come from any background and, you know, be a product manager. And so that's what is so cool about the role and why I was, you know, so interested in, um, going that way originally because I don't have a traditional path. You know, yes, I'm getting my MBA now, but one one of the paths is coming in after getting your MBA. One path is, you know, coming in from development. One path is coming in from marketing, you know, like there's all of these different paths. And so don't be afraid if you want to make the switch to product, because I'm sure that there is a product team somewhere that needs your specific expertise. It's just waiting for you. I love that. Okay, Kelly, make your shout out. What would you like the listeners to go check out? Yeah, so you can check out my Etsy store at SoSplush.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at SoSplush. Uh, so make sure you check that out. I have a Patreon page where you can get discounted stickers um, shipped to your door monthly. So please go check that out. They're all at SoSplush. Um, and thanks so much, Lauren. I've, I've really had such a fun time being here. Of course. Thank you so much, Kelly, for being a part of this and for sharing your story with the listeners. I greatly appreciate you. Of course. Okay. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. And that's a wrap on today's episode. Big thanks to the sponsor of today's episode, Cloudinary, and their Media Developer Expert Program, which is a global initiative for developer influencers who are passionate about learning, growing, and sharing their expertise in the exciting arena of rich media management while leveraging the power of Cloudinary's platform and extensive education resources. 
You can reach out to me on Twitter at Lolo Coding, that's L-O-L-O-C-O-D-I-N-G, to learn more about how you can become an MDE too. And as always, be sure to rate and subscribe anywhere you can find podcasts and check us out next week for another story and lessons learned from an unconventional path to tech.